Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to His Word being preached. Alright, good evening everybody. Hello. Hey, uh, wonderful hearing all the chatting and the connection. Um, it's really good to be back. It's my first Sunday back at church, so super excited. Um, thank you very much. Uh, I, we were in the Cape until the 8th, and then I flew from the 8th. Um, on the 8th, I flew directly um, overseas for a company conference and, and came back on, on Monday. So excited to be back and see you all. It's a full house tonight, which is lekker. Um, just a point on the, before we jump into tonight, um, tonight is the second last service that we'll be having here at this venue, and then we'll be moving to Kira Ravonia. Um, it was on the screen, but I just want to call it out as well that our services will be starting at 5 uh, from February, okay, at the new venue. So we've been doing 6 o'clock. Um, it's changing to 5. Uh, there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, two of the main reasons probably is that we want to be um, more uh, friendly and approachable for families with children. Um, and the, easier t- the earlier time makes it a little bit easier. And the other main reason is that I think many of us have a desire to... Uh, connect and socialize after church, and often it just gets quite late when you start at six. So we're hoping that the earlier time will also help with that. All right, so five o'clock, Kiravonia on the 4th of February. All right, yay. Um, cool, so I, um, I've titled my sermon, His Will, Part 1, His Word. I'm not sure if there will be other parts uh, yet. Uh, it might be part one of one, but maybe part one of more than one. Um, we'll see. His will is really something that I feel like the Lord is speaking to me about and is teaching me about, especially over the holiday and, and praying at the beginning of the year. Um, God's will, how does, how does that work? And how do I relate to His will? And what's the link with His glory? And how does that touch on eternity? And he, these are all very big topics, and I, um, they're all just thoughts at this stage. But I do want to share with you um, some of the things around His will and His word. And I want to I start with a question that I'd like for us to actually discuss in, in groups of two or three. Um, the question is, why is it important to know what, what God's will is? So we're just like, we're just going there tonight, straight, straight off the bat, okay? No soft landing, no little story context. <laughs> um, why is it important to know what God's will is? Over to you, I'll let you just discuss that for, uh, for a few minutes. All right, so let's, uh, let's bring it back. Wrap it up, wrap it up. So I know that's not a, I know that's not a, a lot of time for, a, for quite a big topic. Um, who would like to, to uh, share what they discussed? Why, why I believe it's important for us to know what God's will is. Ilza, I see uh, your boyfriend is very uh, kindly put you on the spot over there, so... Nice, okay. So we can't, we can't exactly do the will of God without knowing what it is, right? Um, nice. Anything else that you guys discussed? <laughs> yes, Jonathan. Mm. 
Nice. Okay. So there's, there's a place of rest in walking in God's will, and there's a, a reward for performing His will here on earth. Nice, okay, sure. Hashtag deep right there. Um, yeah, all right. When you, when you love someone and you, excuse me? Yes, I'm going to repeat it. Um, so you can also share in the deepness. Um, so, so when we love someone and we care about someone, we want to please them, right? That's, that's just a natural outflow of when we, we care about someone. Um, we want to please them. We want to see them happy, Right? And performing God's will is a way of expressing our love to Him. It's to say, Lord, because love is choosing what's good for someone else over what's good for yourself, right? Often at the cost of yourself. And so it's, God, I'm choosing your will over mine because I love you. Um, and that's a powerful expression of our love for Him. So you guys, um, you guys are, are great. You guys are in the Spirit, which is lovely. Um, so we, we need to know His will in order to do His will. Um, I want to add to some of the things that you said and say that when we do His will, it, it glorifies God, right? Um, John 17, Jesus says, um, I, I have performed your will and now um, glorify me as I have glorified you by doing your will, right? He also says in John 4 that um, I, I've done the will of the Father. I have food that you do not know, not know of, um, my food is to do the will of the Father and to finish His work, all right? So there's actually an element of nourishment as well from doing the will of God. It actually nourishes our spirits um, when we walk in His will and we perform His will. Um, it, also, it also proves our salvation, all right? And I deliberately use the word prove and not earn because we know that we can't earn our salvation by doing works, by doing stuff for God. Um, but Matthew 7 also says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father um, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, right? And it's not, it's like Lauren said earlier, it starts with a heart change that flows out into behavioral change, that flows out into a desire to do His will and performing His will. But there's a, a link with just um, with, uh, an eternal inheritance for us. Okay, so I think we, we all agree that it's important to know what God's will is. So how, how then do we know what His will is? Next question, over to you. How do we know what God's will is? All right, 30 seconds. Maybe less. Okay, so let's hear it. How do we how do we know what God's will is? I know many of your names, and I can see your faces. So I'm gonna. Yes. Okay. All right. So there's a there's a pursuit of relationship with Jesus. Um, you mentioned the Word. You mentioned prayer and worship. Vimpi. Um, Okay, so not relying on own understanding, but trusting, trusting in God and trusting in His direction. Um, you also mentioned an interesting point about God's will generally and God's will specific to, to certain circumstances, individuals, um, and contexts, and, and we'll get back to that. Um, 
Nice. Okay. So the Holy Spirit comes and it takes the word which applies to everyone, makes it specific to us and to our circumstances. And there's, a, there's an element of revelation in breaking open that word. Um, awesome. So we know that God, there is God's will generally. So God's will is, um, an example of God's will generally is that he desires for all men to be saved, right? Um, that's scripture, and, and that's always true in all circumstances, for everybody, for every country. That's God's will generally, um, for all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of who he is. But then also he has a will specifically, right? Um, in a specific circumstance where I'm standing in front of someone who doesn't know God. Um, what's his will in that circumstance? And the Holy Spirit might reveal to me, I want you to share your testimony with this person, right? And that's his will specific to that, to that circumstance. Um, that might not be always the case. Sometimes it might be the will, God's will that we actually don't say something. Um, or it's will that we ask questions. Or it's his will that we quote a scripture or whatever it is. Um, and his will generally, um, we know through the word of God, right? Through the Bible. Biblical truths. Um, principles that we are taught through the word. Um, that we know and that guide our decision making in day to day life. But it also teaches us about who the Holy Spirit is and what a relationship with Him looks like, right? And gives us examples of some of the ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to us in. Um, and the Holy Spirit reveals to us God's will specifically in circumstances, in specific decisions, in specific contexts. And so it's, it's that, that beautiful harmony between the Word and the Spirit that works together in helping us understand what God's will is so that we can do it. Um, and that glorifies Him. And there's a reward for us in heaven for doing that. There's freedom in that. There's rest in that. Um, in walking in his will, right? So that's, uh, that's the introduction. Um, talking about his will, I want to go a little bit deeper into the word of God, um, that element. If we say that's one of the ways that we know how we know what God's will is, let's, um, let's go a little bit deeper into to the word of God, right? Um, yeah, so let's do that. And um, the word, of course, have, has a lot to say about um, the word, <laughs> There are many, there are many scriptures, and I was, I was starting as I was preparing this, the, the, the sermon. I, I was trying to think about, you know, just some of these, these, these verses that I've come across over the years, and, um, you know, it says, "His word is a, a lamp to our feet and a light to our path." Um, it says that Jesus says when he's tempted in the desert that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Um, John 1 says that Jesus is actually, Jesus is the Word made flesh. Um, he is the, the living representation of, of the Word, right? The Word that was there from the beginning and that through which the whole earth was created. Um, many things, but the one that I, I, I felt God highlight to me specifically that I want us to focus on tonight is um, Hebrews 4 verse 12, where it says the following, and, and I want you to read with me on the screen or in your Bibles. Um, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Um, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. All right. Um, now, preaching on the word of God in one night, I feel, is like trying to row over the Atlantic Ocean in four seconds, you know. Um, and even the scripture, there is so much in this, in this one verse. The context here is, is just earlier in Hebrews. Um, it's about 
the rest of God, which we actually spoke about earlier, the fact that there's rest in, in walking in God's will and performing His will. Um, but the fact that often we are, we are hindered in terms of entering into God's rest because of our unbelief, which hardens our hearts and actually make us unable to obey God. All right? So that's the context which it leads up to. And then it says, for the word of God is living and powerful. All right? So let's look at that. Let's look at that. Break that scripture down a little bit. So the word of God there in this context actually means what God has said, um, the utterance of God, the, the words that He has spoken. Right. So that covers both the Bible, the written word, and the words that He's still speaking through the Holy Spirit today. Okay. So the word of God is living. Um, it's alive. It's not dead. Right. It's life-giving. If we think of Genesis, where God says. Let there be light, and that word, there's, there's, there's an action involved in that word. There's a result, there's an effect of that word, right? There is light, as he says that. When I say that, it's just words. Let there be light, okay? Well, let's try it. Let there be dark. You see, it's just words. But when God had sta- if God were standing there and he would say, let it be dark, it would be dark, right? Because his word is alive, and it performs um, that which is sent for his word is powerful, okay? So um, other translations say his word is active. Um, so it, it seeks to perform. It has an effect. Um, it's powerful. There's a power. There's a weight. There's an impact uh, that is carried with his word. Um, it's sharp and it's piercing. It says it's sharper than any two-edged sword, which is hyperbole because it would be enough to say that it's sharp. But in, in, in the old times, with the Roman rule, the two-edged sword was a, a very sharp weapon, the sharpest, and, and obviously sharpened on both edges to make it easier to pierce. And he's likening the Word of God to that intensely sharp weapon. Um, and it pierces to the division of soul and spirit um, and joints and marrow, the innermost parts of our being. If you think about joints and marrow, um, it's not just the skin, right? His Word cuts even to those innermost parts. Um, but the part that I want to focus on tonight is, is the, the last little sentence, which, which is easy to sort of, in such a, a loaded scripture, to quickly read over. But it says, the word of God is a discerner um, of the thoughts and intent of the heart. Um, the word of God actually discerns between the thoughts and intents of the heart. I, the, and there are three implications of, of the scripture that I want, to, I want to call out for us tonight. I was having a, a great lunch with um, Nathan yesterday, um, and we had many great conversations. And one of the things we sort of thought about together is, oftentimes we want to, we, we have a desire to do something, right? And we have, a, we have a will. Would you agree? I'm very aware of the fact that we have a will with our two-year-old son at the moment, um, because he's in the process of discovering his will for the first time. Um, and he's exploring and experimenting with that will, which is great, and it's important for development, but it's challenging at times, <laughs> um, because he knows now what he wants, and he wants it now, all right? Uh, right now, no other things. Um, and so it's important for us, we realize that it's important for us to, to cultivate and respect his will and help him understand that he has a choice, right? Um, but also that these choices has consequences, um, and, and we sometimes have to enforce those consequences. Um, <clears throat> so, so we have a will. We will to do certain things. And it speaks here about the intents of the heart. 
Um, scripture also says that in Psalms that delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart, right? Um, and as we delight ourselves in the Lord, our, our desires actually change, right? Um, we desire, we start to begin to desire what He desires, um, and then He gives us the desires of our heart. So that implies that He actually leads us through our desires at times, right? So I want to do something, but who of you have had certain intentions or you've had a certain will to do something, but you're not sure if it's, is it you or is it God? Okay? So I think that happens to me daily, right? I want to do this thing, and I'm excited about it, you know, and I, like, there's something stirring inside of me, but I'm, like, how do you know whether it's, whether that's just, that's just you, you know, that's just your, like, selfish desire, or whether that's actually something that God has placed there. Um, and it says, the Word of God is a discerner of the intents of the heart, right? So the Word of God, spending time in the Word of God, spending time in the Bible, and time in relationship with the Holy Spirit, actually helps us to discern the intentions of our heart, right? And as we spend time in the Word, as we get exposure to what God is saying, to truths that are taught in the Bible, and that are broken us, open to us by the Holy Spirit, it becomes clear to us, okay, that's just me. Or, actually, this is what God is saying to me. This is God's will. He has placed that desire inside of me. He's given me His desire, and I'm also desiring that now. So it actually helps us to come to a place of maturity in terms of a deep understanding of His will um, and being able to discern between our will and His will, all right? Um, such a powerful fruit of the Word of God. Um, this is also confirmed by Romans, Romans 2, which says, um, Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, so that you might know what is good and acceptable will is. All right? So as our minds are renewed, as, as our thinking and our beliefs are aligned to Scripture and aligned to what God is saying, um, His principles, His ways about certain things, as that happens, becomes easier for us to discern the will of God. Um, the second implication that I want to talk about from the scripture is um, the fact that it helps us to, to hear His voice better, right? Not only to know what His will is and discern between our will and His will, but also to hear His voice better. What, what does His voice sound like? I mean, who here has heard the audible voice of God? So, I mean... I believe God does speak audibly, and I, I know two or three people who have experienced God speaking to them audibly, but, but usually it's, it's, it sounds similar to our own thoughts, right? Usually the way the Holy Spirit speaks to us sounds very similar to our own thoughts, but so again, how do we know what's, what is our thoughts and what's actually the voice of God in our lives, right? The Word of God is a discerner of thoughts. Right? It's a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Not only does it discern between our will and God's will, but it discerns between our thoughts and the voice of God. Um, and I've experienced this as I, and I, I know many of you have experienced this as well. As you, you're not sure, you know, you're wrestling with this thought, um, is it the voice of God, is it not? Um, and one of the ways of, of growing in, and maturing and hearing God's voice is just by responding to it, right? Just acting. Um, and then, and then learning by the results whether that was actually the voice of God or not. Um, and then we also learn to discern like that. But the Word of God is powerful in helping us to discern between our own thoughts and God's thoughts. 
um, the words that God is actually speaking to us. Right? The third implication that I want to spend a little bit more time on is um, the fact that the Word of God pierces to the, the division of soul and spirit and, and of joints and marrow. The following scripture actually says, everything is naked and exposed to the eyes of Him to which we must give an account. Right? So it says the Word is sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces, it cuts, it divides between soul and spirit. Soul being the intellect, our will, our emotions, and, and the spirit, right? How the Holy Spirit communicates with our spirit but also to the division of joints and marrow. Everything is naked and exposed before um, to the eyes of him to which we must give an account. So the word of God actually brings all of what's inside of us out. It exposes all of that. It discerns everything that's in the heart. And I, when I read this the first time, I, I thought, oh, that's hectic, you know. That seems quite harsh. Everything is exposed. It cuts. It pierces, you know. Um, and I was like, sure, I feel like I need a cup of water after reading the scripture. And, um, but it's actually the Lord's grace, right? Because the fact is God knows our hearts. He knows exactly what's in our hearts. He knows our thoughts. He knows our desires. Um, those that are redeemed and those that still need to be transformed, right? He knows that. But through the word, we become aware of that. And we're like, Flip, is this actually what's, what's in my heart? Is this actually what's going on there? Who of you have experienced that? When someone speaks a, reads a scripture um, that God is wanting to apply in your life, or they speak a word in season, and you actually, like, you almost physically feel like a cutting, right? Uh, I've seen people, like, go like, ah, oh, you know, that, like, cuts me deep, you know? Because <laughs> um, it actually exposes what's there, and we'd like to... You know, I think I find this in my own life. I'd like to sometimes give myself the benefit of the doubt and justify certain thoughts and, ah, oh, it's not really that bad, you know, and da 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 and, and the word just comes and it's like, sure. You know, there's no way to have true self-awareness outside of the word of God. Um, there's a lot of talk about self-awareness at the moment and, and mindfulness and self-knowledge and knowing yourself. But there's no way of having true self-knowledge outside of spending time in the Word of God. Um, both in self-knowledge in terms of the current state, but also of the design state, right? The Word of God shows us as we are now. Um, and I remember, God, I was reading Scripture, and I was reading things like, forgive quickly, you know, do not let your heart be hardened, Have a, you guard your heart, you, you know, listen and walk in peace with all men around you. And it became very apparent to me that I had very deep offense in my heart and that I'm actually naturally quite prone to offense. Um, and then I quickly jump on, jump on my horse um, and, and, and want to defend and separate myself from people um, because of whatever hurts in the past. But, but through the Word of God, through reading, I became aware of that's that thing that's actually sitting there and that's actually having an impact on my relationship with God and the way that I relate to people. Um, and the Word of God bringing that to the surface, Right? So it exposes and it shows this is the stuff. But the great news is, the hope that comes with that is that there can be no change without that exposure. There's a reason. The fact that God is good means that when He exposes these things, when, when the Word pierces 
to the division of soul and spirit between joints and marrow, the innermost parts of our being. He does that because He wants to do an amazing work. Um, and He wants to transform us. He wants us to be holy as He is holy. He wants to purify us. Um, because he, know, he knows a lot of that stuff separates us from His presence. Um, and as we become more holy, as we are transformed by His Word, as we become aware of that, we have an opportunity to repent, right? This side of eternity, which is so much grace. Because we know that God knows everything. He's omniscient, right? Um, and He knows everything about everybody, regardless of the maturity of your relationship with Him. But we're not always aware of those things. And we are going to give an account to Him. That Scripture says to, to the one to whom we must give an account. Um, but it's His grace that we actually can become aware of that this side of eternity. Um, and there's an opportunity to surrender that to Him, to give it to Him to be transformed in His grace so that we can stand before Him and it's the blood of Jesus that covers us. Um, and He can come and say, this is a bride that I'm proud of, that's beautiful, that's pure, that's spotless and blameless, right? Um, and the Word of God also shows us who He's designed us to be, right? It also shows us what, what the gifts are that He placed inside of us, um, what the redemptive purpose of our lives are, how He sees us, we know from Psalm 139 that he says, um, I knew you before I knitted you together in your mother's womb. Um, and if we want to know the building, we need to speak to the architect, right? And this is the blueprint um, where we become aware of who he has created us as individuals to be as well. Um, and we can, we can grow into, um, into that. So it pierces, it cuts, it exposes with a purpose of... Um, of, of making us whole and making us holy. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the, blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it speaks about the joints and the marrow, which is almost a picture of the body, and then also to the division of soul and spirit. And it says here, um, The God of peace himself will sanctify you completely, um, with your whole spirit, soul, and body being kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you, the next time you read, you read the Word and you're like, it's set such a high standard, I'm not there, I become aware of you know, unforgiveness or selfishness or whatever it is, that's, that's, that's an amazing thing. God is planning, He never exposes that without the desire to bring freedom in that area, to bring maturity and to bring growth and transformation in that area. Um, and His Word does that as it renews our mind um, and renews our desires in Him, right? And so the Word actually creates a bit of a, a safety net for us. Because spending time in the Word means that we are being transformed. And it means that God is doing a good work. And we're growing in hearing His voice. We're growing in doing His will, um, and the Word of God will actually point out those things in our lives that are steering us away from God. And so there's incredible safety um, in engaging God in His Word. So, we've spoken about why it's important to know God's will, right? So that we can do His will, which glorifies Him. It puts us in a position of rest. There's a reward for us in heaven um, of doing His will. How do we know His will? Many ways that God communicates His will to us. Um, major way that He communicates His will to us is through His Word um, and through the Spirit, accompanied with the Word, right? 
Um, and then we see the, the benefits of the word, the effects of the words in our lives, of the word in our lives in the form of uh, maturing in our understanding of his will, um, becoming more clear around hearing his voice, um, and then also him bringing, um, exposing our hearts to bring healing, to bring maturity, to bring holiness in God. On a practical note, all right, um, we're starting Bible school this year. <laughs> um, which is a great way to engage the Word of God. <laughs> um, many of you have done Bible school. Um, I've been privileged to have done some of the years of Bible school. Um, and uh, such a powerful tool to, to learn how to engage God's Word, how to interpret the Word properly. Um, solid doctrine around key areas of our lives. Um, and it's amazing to be able to do that in community with other people. Um, so if you have a desire for that this year and you have capacity for it, even if you don't have capacity for it but you really have a desire, make capacity. Um, it's going to start on Tuesday nights, um, first year and second year Bible school. It's going to be amazing, so sign up for that um, if you can. Um, and then there are many, there are many other ways of, as well. Of course, I, um, yo, I've, I've done Bible reading plans in the past that I've struggled with. Um, and that I, you know, kind of get like three or four days behind, and then it's like two hours of reading that you have to catch up, and then there's just a deadline that week, and then somehow you just lose all, and you scratch that, and you like uh, next year. Um, I found an amazing Bible reading plan um, by it was posted by John Piper um, early in the year. He tweeted about this Bible reading plan. If if any of you are interested, I'm happy to share that with you. Um, what makes it great is that. It only schedules reading for like 25 days of the month. So if you fall behind, then <laughs> there's, there's some time to catch up. Um, but I love what he says also about reading the Word, because he also, he also posted a little bit and wrote about how to engage this Bible reading plan. Um, and I think an important, to, important thing to realize, if, if you do decide to use a structured plan and, and to cover quite a large part of the Bible in a relatively short period of time, he says he believes it's quite important to, to cover... Um, a lot of the Bible, um, and to go deep into certain areas. Um, and something that helped me a lot is to, to realize and acknowledge that I won't be able to go deep into everything that I'm reading um, if I'm reading a Bible plan that, that tries to cover the Bible in one year. Um, but I can go deep into some things, and that, that took a lot of pressure off for me. So it's good. I want to read through a lot of Scripture, and it's good that I get exposure to that. I won't be able to go deep into everything right now, but the two or three things that God highlights to me, I can meditate on that and cross-reference and journal about that and go back. Um, and, that's, and that's okay, and that's good. Um, so a couple of practical, practical pointers around um, just spending time in His Word. I want to... Um, almost done. I, I want to pray for us just around this. But before I do, I want to read you a story. Who of you are familiar with um, Brother Yoon? Yes, so quite a few of us. Um, he, he, I believe he wrote, he wrote the book. But it's a book called The Heavenly Man, which is about his life story. Uh, he, he's a, a Chinese guy, and he was quite a, a radical missionary in China um, for a long period of time. God had many miracles through his life. But I want to read you this, this story that also features in, in the book um, about his hunger for the Word of God. So... It says, Brother Yun was 16 when he became a Christian. Soon after, 
he started hungering for the Word of God. However, his family did not have a Bible. He began asking his mother who Jesus was. In response, his mother would tell him that Jesus was the Son of God and that he had recorded all these teachings in the Bible. Brother Yoon wanted a Bible, and his mother recalled that there was a man in another village who had one. So she brought him to see the man. The man was too afraid to show Brother Yoon his Bible because of the persecution in China at the time. So he suggested to the latter that he could pray and ask God for one. Brother Yoon decided to fast and pray for a Bible. For the next hundred days, he ate only one bowl of steamed rice every day. One day at 4 a.m., after fasting for a hundred days, he saw a vision. In the vision, he was walking up a steep hill and trying to push a heavy cart at the same time. He was heading towards a village where he intended to beg for food for his family. He struggled greatly as he continued his climb uphill. The cart was about to roll back and fall on him when he saw three men walking down the hill in the opposite direction. One of them was a kind old man, and he was pulling a large cart of fresh bread. When the old man saw Brother Yun, he asked him if he was hungry. He said yes and started crying. The old man then took a red bag of bread from his cart and asked his two servants to give it to Brother Yun. As he put the bread into his mouth, it, Im it immediately turned into a Bible. Upon waking up, Brother Yun began to search for the Bible. His search, however, was in vain. All of a sudden, he heard a faint knock on the door, and someone was calling out his name. Immediately, he recognized the voice. It was the same voice he had heard in the vision. He quickly opened the door, and standing before him were the two servants he had seen in the vision. One of them held a red bag in his hand. In this red bag was a Bible. It was later that Brother Yun found out the names of the two men. One was Brother Wang, while the other was Brother Sung. <laughs> they were sent by an evangelist to give Brother Yun the Bible. The evangelist, who had suffered terribly during the Cultural Revolution and had nearly died while being tortured, had received a vision from God. In the vision, God showed him Brother Yun's house and the location of his village. He was asked to give his Bible to Brother Yun. However, he did not obey God until three months later. Brother Yun began to devour the Word of God. Even though he could hardly read, this did not deter him at all. When he had finished reading the entire Bible, he started to memorize one chapter per day. In 28 days, he had memorized the Gospel of Matthew. When he went on to then he went on to memorize the book of Acts and so forth. So just a, a picture of hunger for the Word of God. Um, let's stand. The worship team can, um, can come to the front. Um, I'm just going to pray for us. Um, once I'm done praying, um, the band will continue playing for a little bit. If you just want to spend time in God's presence, worship, you're welcome to do that. Um, if you want to um, pray with someone about anything specifically, you're welcome to come to the fore. There will be a couple of people um, available to pray with you. Um, or if you just want to hang around and chat and, and, and connect, that's also cool. Um, but we'll formally end off this service after this, after this prayer. You know, Father, we, we just bless you, Lord. Father, thank you that we can gather together in your name, Lord, and that you are here, God. Thank you that you know, we can worship you freely, Father God, and we can engage with you in worship, Lord. Um, you know, and we thank you for... For the word of God, Lord, we thank you that you speak to us, Father God. 
I feel like when you when you speak to someone, you acknowledge them and you you place value on them. You give them the time of day and you communicate with them and share what's on your heart with them. God, and you do that with us, Lord. You you've given us your word, both in in written format where it says all of Scripture is God breathed and profitable for us in spiritual growth. Lord, all of all of the word, Lord, all of Scripture is your words that have their breath in them, Lord. But not only that, God, when, when Jesus ascended to heaven, you gave us the Holy Spirit, Lord, that dwells inside of us, Father God, to help, Lord, to teach us, Father God, um, about the Word, Lord. And we thank you for the Word, Lord. I want to pray for three things specifically tonight for all of us, Lord. I want to pray for an increased hunger for your Word, Lord. Oh, Lord, maybe just hunger for your Word, Lord. Come and place that hunger inside of us, Lord, where we... Yeah, our, our soul is actually like crying out, Lord, and when we haven't spent time in your word, Lord, and that's just the, the desire to immerse ourselves in what you're saying, Lord. Yeah, Lord, secondly, I want to pray for a humility for all of us, Lord, to be shaped by your word, Lord, to approach the word and to say, Lord, let your word shape us. Lord, we never want to approach the word and say, we want... We want to somehow like make the scriptures fit into our view of the world. We want to be transformed, Lord. We want to be like soft clay, Lord, when we come to the word. Oh, Lord, give us that humility, Father God, to come and be, be formed by the word, Father God. And then thirdly, God, give us um, the wisdom, Lord, to know how to practically engage with us, Father God. Many of us have busy lifestyles, Lord, Father God, and... Um, but you are the most important thing in our lives, God. And uh, I pray for wisdom practically, Lord, for each of us, Lord. We have different personalities and strengths and different makeups and different routines and different all of these things, God. And I pray that you will give us practical wisdom um, for a sustainable way, Lord, and a, and a practical way, Lord, to spend time in your word, to take it in and digest it, Lord, and let it become part of us, Lord, to meditate upon it, reflect upon it, Lord, journal around your word, Lord, share it with others, God. Um, come and do that, Lord. We thank you for the word, Lord. There's such safety in your word, Father God, because you communicate your heart and your will, your principles, Lord, to us, Father God. Provide such a covering for us, Lord. It shows us who you are, Lord, and it transforms us. Oh, in the name of Jesus, we bless you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Johannesburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.